they're, they're all not feeling well. So we pray for them to hurry up and get better so we can have them back. We, we just miss people when they're gone. Just want them to be in the house of the Lord. And so I'm thankful for faithful people that will be here and, and do their jobs. And they, they hate it. They were messaging me. I'm sorry, Pastor, but I said, hey, you run the fever, stay home. <laughs> love you, stay home. Got some, you know, any virus, stay home. We, we, we love you, and you can watch us online. We'll be glad to do that. So good to see uh, Sister Amy back home with us. And she's actually back home with us. She's not, not going back to St. Louis unless she's visiting, so she's back. So we're glad she's home tonight. Yeah, we're glad she's had a great time at Bible College, and we're glad she's back with us now. And I know St. Louis will be sad to see her go, but if she was only on loan, she was not there. So we're glad she's home tonight. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Matthew 18, and we're going to read there first, verses 21 and 22. Say thankful for all of our visitors here tonight. Welcome. Glad you're here with us tonight. And um, we're just going to learn a little bit more. Some of you are coming in on, on the third lesson of a lesson and so we have been talking about uh, the scripture Micah 6 and 8 what does God require of us and tonight we're we have been breaking down the scripture piece by piece and so tonight we're going to talk about uh, to love mercy to love mercy Matthew 18 21 and 22 says then came Peter to him and said Lord How often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. That's a lot. Remind you of our scripture that we're studying. Micah 6 and 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. We talked about in our first lesson about requirements. What does God require? Does God require anything out of his people? We know he does. We know that there are things that are not up for debate. There are certain things that are required of God's people. And then last uh, lesson we talked about doing justly, how we treat other people to do justly and, and how we interact with this world and how we treat others and do unto others as we would have them do to us. And tonight we're going to uh, look at the little phrase, to love mercy, to love mercy. Let's pray tonight for the lesson. Lord, we do love your word. We love you. We love these commandments, the instruction that they give, the light that they bring into our life. Lord, teach us tonight from your word. Feed us, Lord, and let this word find good ground in our heart. We want to be better. We want to be more like you. Lord, we want to be a great light in this world and a witness. So help us tonight to learn, to understand. We're going to praise you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap for his word. Aren't you thankful for the word of God tonight? when we desire one I guess the one of the titles in this lesson was how we can please the Lord we want to be pleasing to God I do I want to be pleasing to him and so to do that I must uh, know what God requires I'm glad that God just gives us simple things sometimes that uh, hey here's what God requires do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God so But it's got to be more than you just memorizing that verse. You need to know what that actually means. That's why we are actually breaking it down as we did with uh, to do justly, what that meant. And this uh, part of that scripture is uh, vital to us as uh, Christians, as being a light, as being an example of what Jesus was in this world. And so uh, we must love mercy. Now, you can say, well, man, I love that restaurant. 
You know what that means? That means you go there as often as you can. You will be dedicated to it. You, if I love this kind of food, I eat it every chance I get. I go out of the way to get it because I love this food. Or if you love somebody, you will be dedicated and you'll be committed. And, and you know, you, you, uh, you think about when Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He was saying love is tied to commitment. And so when you uh, find out that, hey, I need to love mercy, not just value mercy. I need to love mercy. You cannot say you love God, but then you don't love mercy. You cannot say you love God, but only love receiving mercy because God is a giver of mercy. When you read in Psalms 136, it is 26 verses altogether. And in every single verse, it ends with this phrase, his mercy endureth forever. The entire psalm, the entire 26 verses of that chapter of Psalm 136 end with his mercy, God's mercy endureth forever. It does not run out. And so if I uh, need to ask myself, do I actually love mercy? Because I can't love God and not love mercy. Am I committed to mercy? Am I devoted to mercy, Do I extend mercy or do I only love mercy that I have received? But uh, we know that the scripture teaches us that if we are going to love, we must not love in word only but in deed also. Uh, to love mercy is to put mercy in action. Because when you love somebody, it's not just saying it. It is actually doing something to show that love. And so whenever we say we love mercy, then we must have some action following that, that we are proving to this world that we actually do have the mercy of God in our life. Not just received it, I don't just value it because it saved me, that it got me out of all of my trouble, but that I will be willing to extend mercy as God does. Mercy is an expression of love, a love for God and a love for our neighbor. The two great commandments are to first love God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when I show mercy, I am expressing my love for God who gives it, and then I am expressing a love for a neighbor who I am extending it to. I can't have just one or the other. I won't extend mercy if I don't receive it, and if I receive it, I must extend it. I cannot just live off of mercy and then never, ever be merciful. Jesus said that uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If I want to continue in mercy, uh, then I must begin to show mercy. I must be merciful. And so when we look at what Peter begins talking about, this is Peter talking to the Lord in our opening scriptures. Uh, he's asking Jesus, uh, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. And so uh, Peter's saying, if I'm wrong, what do I do, basically? And that's when our greatest uh, opportunity uh, to express mercy is given, is when we are wrong. Now, sometimes people will extend mercy with no, pro no provocation. It's, God does that, just mercy. We do that sometimes. We see somebody in need, and so we help them. That's mercy. But sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we have been wronged. And instead of uh, acting out, instead of taking revenge or vengeance, we are presented with an opportunity to express mercy. In those days, it was a, if you study it, you'll see it was a common teaching that the rabbis taught that you only needed to forgive people three times. And so I guess Peter thought, well, I'm going to double that and add one and, and look real good in the eyes of the Lord. You know, he, Peter was good at doing things like that. So, Lord, how about it? Seven times? Will that do it? And maybe he thought Jesus would say, Peter, that's a good thought seven times. Uh, man, wow. You know, because the rabbis only say three, but you're doubling that and going an extra step. That's, you, you really got a good heart. Maybe he was trying to get a little uh, favor on himself uh, because he was oftentimes being rebuked 
And so he was trying to get in those good graces, you know. He wanted to look good in the eyes of everybody else. The rest of the guys had been fighting about who was the greatest among them. So he was trying to get in there and show Jesus I'm the teacher's pet. But Jesus uh, looked at him and said, hmm, I say unto thee, Peter, not seven, just seven times, but until 70 times seven. I don't know what Peter thought about that, but the way it's written in the text is Jesus is insinuating that it would start over every morning. That means at least 490 times a day and then 490 times tomorrow, which in fact was, he's basically saying there is no limit. Just keep doing it. The statement was made uh, to just do away with counting how many times you would forgive somebody at all. Because if we had to try to keep up with how many times God has forgiven us, I can assure you that it's more than 490 times. Right. Yes. Not me, Pastor. <laughs> Just keep believing that story. Uh, God keeps good records. And you know that, man, every day, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, If you ask him one time a day, well, you've almost hit that number in a year. And you know you've asked him more than once a day. Yeah. Hello. I'm glad for the mercy of the Lord. I love mercy. I love that I have received mercy. But now that I have received it and seen what it can do in my life, I want to make sure that I am extending mercy. Because what does the Lord require of thee? But to do justly and to love mercy. You've got to love what he did for you so much that you will turn around and give that same consideration to somebody else, to anybody else. Not just somebody who you pick and choose, but to anybody else because his mercy is to all generations. Woo! Come on, somebody. God's extended mercy to all of us, great, small, old, young, doesn't care where we come from, what language we speak, God has extended mercy. And if I'm going to do what God requires, I'm going to, do justly, and then I'm going to love mercy. And love is more than just saying, Woo, I love mercy. It is doing something with that mercy. When Peter asks this question and Jesus answers him, he starts off right behind his answer with, Therefore. And he begins to talk about a parable uh, relating it to the kingdom of heaven. And he begins to tell the story of a man who owed a king 10,000 talents. In that day, 10,000 talents would add up to 3,600,000 American dollars. Uh, the man owed a debt, and he was a man, just a common guy, a guy of limited means, and he had no hope at all. There was no way he could pay this king back, not in his lifetime. He would never make enough money. The average uh, salary, it said, from about that time was around uh, 300 talents a year. He would never, ever be able to pay this debt back. And the king... Uh, brings him to him, and he's going to take his possessions and sell them, put him, his wife, his children into prison, into debtor's prison. And it, that, that was much worse than just filing bankruptcy for this guy. His family who had lived free would now have to get used to living as slaves for somebody else because they owed a debt they could not pay. Well, I'll tell you, we, I could go off and just preach a whole other message right now. How we were slaves to something because of a debt that we could not pay. But the king, uh, he had every right to sell this guy's possessions. He would get a minuscule amount of money from this. It wouldn't even get close to clearing the debt. But it wasn't about that. It would be him showing, you don't borrow money from me and not pay it back. I'm going to make an example. I'll get my pound of flesh from this guy, and I'm going to take care of this. You know, nobody else will do this. I'll never have to worry about that again. And so he was setting an example. And so even though this guy knows I will never be able to pay this back, he falls down to the king, and he says in Matthew 18 and 26, Lord, have patience with me. And I will pay thee all. That's crazy. 
The king knows there's no way he can pay it back. The king knows there's no way he will ever have that kind of money. Uh, but uh, because he fell down and he was repentant and he was uh, sincere, the king looked around and he forgave the man his debt. Mm. That's mercy. Let me tell you, can you see how this works? When we are in situations where we know that we cannot do a single thing, just one statement to the king can change your life forever. You see, this king had compassion. And he didn't just tell the guy, well, look, just go home with your family. We'll work out a payment plan, and you'll be all right. I'll keep you out. He didn't just keep him out of prison, let the man keep his stuff. He wiped the debt clean. He changed this man's life forever. When this man walked away, he was debt free. He had nothing else hanging over him. There was no judgment hanging over him. There was, he didn't have to worry about going to prison. Isn't it amazing what mercy can do in your life? It doesn't matter what you owe. It doesn't matter how bad you think it is. I'll never get out from under this. If you can just get before the king and express your heart to him, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, come on. He, he was saying have patience, but Lord, we'll get down and say, Lord, have mercy on me, and I'll serve you. Have mercy on me, and I'll, I'll get it right. And the Lord is long-suffering, and the Lord is kind, and the Lord is good. And, and it's just one word from him, and it clears it all. Oh, he said if you would confess your faults, that he was faithful to forgive them. That means for, when he forgives it, he just wipes the slate clean. And I'm so thankful that, that when uh, I owed a debt that I could not pay, that he paid a debt he didn't know. We, we used to sing that old song. I'm glad that when I went down in the water in the name of Jesus, that his blood was applied and it washed me whiter than snow. And let me tell you, that old account, as the song said, was settled long ago. Some of y'all too, too way too young to know that old one. But the old account was settled long ago. Old song said, mercy rewrote my life. <laughs> Let me tell you, one song said, justice demanded. <laughs> uh, it, it had demands on my life. Hey, for what I'd done, I should pay for it. But, but here comes his grace and mercy, and it set me free. And I'm thankful tonight for the mercy of the Lord. And so when the king... He, he, he had no relationship, no personal relationship with this guy. It wasn't one of his kinfolks. It wasn't his son or his grandson. This was somebody he had no relationship with, but he treated him just like one of his own. And he, he forgave him that, and he, he was showing mercy to this guy. Oh, don't you love mercy? I mean, more than just receiving it now, but don't you love it to extend it well, you get something good like that, don't you want to share it? You know, we do that. Sharing is supposed to be a big thing now. You think Facebook taught us that. I see something good, I share it. Sometimes people see something bad and share it. Well, what you need to do is when you get something good, you share it. You, you, you tell people about what the Lord's doing. And, and so I want to uh, take these examples from Scripture and read what God requires of me. And I want to do justly. I want to treat people right Part of that is love and mercy because when I love mercy, I will extend mercy because uh, it's more than just an emotional reaction to what God has done. It is me actually shining a light, me actually being the hands and feet in the mouthpiece of the Lord and, and reaching out to people to help people. Mercy is like the Good Samaritan that even though he didn't have to stop, and helped that guy on the side of the road. But he took what he had. He took his own oil and wine and poured it in. He took his own cloth and wrapped that guy up and bandaged him up. He put him on his own animal and rode him into town. And then he took his own money and paid for his well-being. Mercy, mercy. Every act was mercy. And he was willing to do it because that's just what we do when we serve the Lord. We show mercy. And we love it. And so when people love mercy, here's some little things that will help you realize, do I love mercy or do I just value it in my life? See, the king, he's the king. He doesn't have to let, he knows the facts. I'm owed a debt. 
He don't have to listen to nobody, but he listened to what the man said. He listened to the debtor's appeal. People who love mercy are willing to listen. If you don't want to listen to people, if you don't want to hear what they've got to say, I don't know that you really love mercy. To listen is an act of mercy. (laughs) Yeah, to listen is an act of mercy. And it's not always what we choose to do that shows mercy. It's sometimes what we choose not to do that shows mercy. You know, we, we heard about that in our last lesson about doing justly. When, when Joseph and Mary were engaged, Joseph finds out that his wife-to-be is with child. He does not know that it's from the Lord yet. All he knows is she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and when she comes back, she's got a little belly. What happened while you were gone? He's, he doesn't know. But it said because he was a just man. Now, he could have drug her out in public. They could have stoned her to death. He could have humiliated her, ruined her. But he said he was a just man, and he was willing to just put her away privately so that it didn't ruin her life. It would just be over with. It would just be done. And he could have done a lot of things, but it was what he chose not to do that showed that he was just and that he loved mercy. Sometimes it's what you don't do. And the king had every right to take this guy's stuff so he could try to get some of his money back and he could just uh, get, you know, sell these things so he could uh, say, hey, I, I got to recoup something. I got to set an example. But it was what the king chose not to do. And not take your stuff. Not throw you and your wife and your children in prison and, and then wipe the debt clean. He had every right to do what he was going to do. The king showed mercy when he didn't do what he had the right to do. God had the right to wipe us out. And he would be fine with it because he's a righteous God. He could just wipe us out like he did uh, in the days of Noah if he wanted to. But he would choose a different way than flood, but he could do it. It would have been his right. After the flood, he was going to wipe Israel out. I'm going to wipe them out. Somebody interceded. Thank God somebody loved mercy and interceded. Let me tell you, uh, he could just wipe us out. But even like with Paul, when he was going around as Saul of Tarsus, instead of just destroying this man who persecuted his name and persecuted his church, he said, let me give him a chance. And he knocked him down and gave him revelation and showed him uh, the truth. And, And instead of killing Paul, he extended mercy to Paul. And Paul became such a great evangelist and preacher and writer of the New Testament. Look what mercy did for Paul's life. Look what mercy has done for your life. Look what mercy has done for my life. Look, you would not be here tonight if it was not for the mercy of God. Now those who love mercy accept and adapt whenever we suffer personal loss. That's a big thing. The king, it was he lost his money on this deal. But instead of sitting around crying over spilled milk, he could have sat around and just upset about it, just fretting over it. But he did what he did. He, he just wiped the record clean, just got rid of it. The king's action was not limited to allowing the debtor to continue living with his family in their home. The king just cleared the debt. Just let's get this out of here. Then I don't have to think about it anymore. I, I let go of it. I cleared it. It's over with. I'm done. He loves mercy. Those who love mercy are not begrudging with their kindness. Mercy is expansive, but it can also be expensive. The king in the parable that Jesus taught, he loved mercy. And so I need to start thinking this week, hey, uh, do I love mercy in the same way? If it, even if it costs me, do I still love mercy? Because, you know, that's what the thing is, is when you extend mercy, it's always to somebody who is in need, somebody who is lacking. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 6 that for when we were yet without strength, when we were without, when we didn't have what we needed, it says in due time Christ died for the ungodly. When we were without 
he died for us. When we didn't have what we needed uh, to uh, wash our sins away, to be right in his eyes, when we were ungodly, unlike him, not uh, sin separates us. Uh, uh, Peter said we were not even a people. Said that we were lost and we were not a people and, and all these things that, that we were Gentiles and, and we didn't even have the right to call him God. We had no right to call on his name and yet he died for us so that we could. He concluded us all in unbelief that he could be God for all of us and, he, and so when he died for us we were without. That was mercy. That's that mercy of the Lord and, and this man could not pay. That was mercy. That man on the side of the road that the Samaritan found, he could not do anything of his own. That's mercy. I'm glad today that we can extend mercy to people who need it. And if you know, it would be great if the story stopped right there. If the story stopped where, boom, this guy just was forgiven. His debt's cleared. He's going home. He's going to be happy with his wife and with his kids. But this guy's angry. He's very upset. And we find out that uh, he has a man who owes him money. And so now the debtor finds himself in the place of the king. He's a creditor. And he has somebody who owes him money. And it's a very small amount. It was only 100 pence. But, you know, it was significant probably to that guy. But compared to 10,000 talents, it it wasn't a drop in the bucket. And this guy was so upset that when he found this man, he d- grabs him by the neck. Pay me what you owe. His response was the exact opposite of the king. The exact opposite. He had been given mercy, but he was not extending mercy. He was actually choking the life out of this man. He would not listen to what the man had to say as the king did with him. He did not wipe the dead out as the man did for him. He did the exact opposite of the king. But the debt and the money and all these things is not the point. And that's not the issue that Jesus was trying to portray. He was trying to get to the point of how we deal with other people what do you do when now you're in the place of the king and the opportunity to extend mercy comes to you what do you do when you get a chance to extend mercy well we do justly we do justly we love mercy we do unto others as we would have them do unto us And so as disciples, we must choose to love mercy. Not just sing about it, not just preach about it. But friend, we must choose to love mercy. And I mean we need to put it into action. We always talk about love is action. You've got to show people. You can't just tell them. You've got to show them. Well, it's the same way with mercy. You can't just uh, say, hey, uh, God have mercy on you and then do nothing. You need to do something with that mercy. It, it, we need to look and see how do our actions towards others, what, the way we treat others, what does that reveal about our relationship with God? Are we like God in what we do? Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. He said, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted one to another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You need to treat others the way God has treated you. You need to be long-suffering with others because he's been long-suffering with you. You need to be merciful to others because he's been merciful with you. You need to show grace to others because he's shown grace to you. You need to love others because he has loved you. And we need to make sure that we actually love mercy. Or we love it when it's getting poured out on us. We love it when we've been stupid and showed out and acted up. And then we get down to pray and we feel God's love just wash over us one more time. And we're like, whew, whew. I'm glad I got got back down and prayed before the Lord came. And I'm glad I felt that mercy and grace once again. But if you turn around and walk out the door and chew your brother up or chew your sister up or or 
chew a stranger up and just treat them bad? Or you just going to find yourself right where that, that guy found himself in trouble with the king? Now, Peter felt, hey, I'm a good example of what Jesus is teaching because I'm willing to forgive people seven times a day. But when Jesus said, I, I say unto you, not seven times, but seven times 70, he's saying, hey, quit measuring out mercy. Quit saying, I only got this much mercy today. I only got this much forgiveness today. He didn't give it to us so we could measure it out. He didn't give it to us so we could limit it. Let me tell you, his mercy, the Bible says, is everlasting. That means it's without measure. I cannot measure the everlasting. I cannot box up the everlasting. I cannot package the everlasting and say, this is all I got for today. I don't ration mercy for every day. His mercy is everlasting. It'll never, I can extend mercy with every breath I take. Because he extends mercy with every breath I take. Come on, somebody. Oh, that'll, man, that'll preach a whole nother message. Let me tell you, I can extend mercy with every breath I take because he extends mercy with every breath I take. I wouldn't be standing here preaching tonight if it wasn't the mercy of God. You wouldn't be sitting in your seat if it wasn't the mercy of God. And I want to make sure that I love mercy. I want to I love extending it as much as I do. The scripture says, don't you know that it's better to give than to receive? I, I, I want to give mercy, uh, not just receive mercy. And so uh, whether we love mercy or just only value mercy, when we benefit from the benevol- benevolence of it, our response will involve people. Uh, people wonder why this guy in the parable acted so ugly toward this next guy. And he was angry, and the consensus is maybe this, that he was uh, angry because mercy exposed him. It it exposed, and he was required to face his bad management of money. The immense debt had been compared to his ability to earn and repay. He had been forced to imagine a life of slavery for himself and his family. His dire situation caused him to beg for an opportunity to redeem himself. And he was angry that he had needed mercy because people want to stand on their own. He was angry that he needed mercy for his family because he should be the one taking care of them. But it took the mercy of a king for his family to survive. His aggressive reaction was not about the hundred pence that was owed to him. Instead, his ruthless acts defined how he felt about himself. He acted out because of the way he felt about himself. And so I want to make sure that, uh, let me tell you, be big enough, be mature enough to just accept the mercy of the Lord and then be big enough to turn around and extend it to somebody. Let me tell you, I, I would love to say that we were all good enough to just do it on our own, but we're not, and the Scripture tells us we're not. It tells me that at my best state, my life and the things I do is just vanity. It's, I could clean up as best as I could be, but still, without God, it's vanity. It tells me one place that I could wash myself with much soap and water, yet my iniquity would still be marked before God. I, there are some things I, I know even Jesus finally told us. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So I realize that I cannot exist without him. I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. I walk by faith. I live by faith. And so I understand that without God, I don't really have a life. I might be living and breathing, but I don't have a life. And so I realize that that I cannot do it without God. I need his mercy every day. I need it every day with every breath that I take. Now, you can tell people who love mercy and those who do not. It's easy if you watch them in everyday life. Because they have a choice. With every person you meet, you have a choice to extend mercy. An educated person can be merciful or unmerciful toward those with less education. You ever seen people that was just so smart that they talk down to everybody else? Nobody's as good as they are. Nobody's as smart as they are. Yeah. Uh, 
hey, if you're educated and smart and got that Ph.D. and all those kind of things, that's awesome. But don't be a jerk. <laughs> Show mercy. Show mercy. The wealthy can be merciful or unmerciful toward those who have less. We who are born again can be merciful or unmerciful to the unsaved. Yep. A man with skills, with tools, he can be merciful or unmerciful toward those with no similar skill. Those people, those served in a restaurant, this is a big one. Those served in a restaurant can be merciful or unmerciful toward the waiter staff. <laughs> yeah. An employer can be merciful or unmerciful to their employees. You see, we get a choice with everybody we meet to show mercy or not. Mercy begins with feeling compassion. The king had compassion on that man. Mercy begins with feeling compassion. And those who love mercy will act in a way that makes somebody else's life better, make it easier, brings a smile to their face, brings hope to their life. The man who owed 100 pence, he was put in prison to pay the debt. When you are unmerciful, you'll act foolish. How was that man going to get his money now? That fact alone proved it wasn't about the money. When he threw him in prison, the man could never earn a living. He will never be able to pay it back. He just wanted vengeance. He didn't want mercy. He just was upset with himself and mad at himself and angry and bitter. And so he threw somebody else into prison when he could have just extended mercy. The angry creditor was just showcasing what he had the power to do. Sometimes just because you can do it don't mean you should. So mercy, my friends, is love in action. And the Lord requires, because this is a requirement, what does the Lord require of thee? He requires us to love mercy. That's not an option. When something's required, it's not an option. I gave you the example the other day. I said, if it's a requirement, just like today, there's requirements everywhere. You cannot fly on this plane without a mask. It's a requirement. You take that mask off or refuse to wear it, they're going to put you off. They might even turn the plane around and land and get you off of it. As I've seen stories like that in the news, requirement. And so um, the Lord requires that we do justly and love mercy. The Lord requires that we love doing intentional acts of kindness to others. Loving mercy is not expressed by feeling compassion for some or is not expressed by feeling compassion for someone. Instead, loving mercy is when the feeling of compassion actually moves us into action, when we actually do something about what we feel. Those who love mercy will have a habit of acting with kindness, love, and mercy toward people with whom they have no other relationship with, just being kind to those people who you see. Those who love mercy are not those who do just one single act, just because they were moved by emotion, but they are consistent, and you can count on them time and time again to be merciful. Being merciful, showing mercy is part of your lifestyle. We often quote the scripture that the Lord said for us as he brought us out of the world, for us to be holy because he's holy. Mercy is tied up in his holiness. If I am going to be holy, uh, he's a just God. If I'm going to be like God, then I'm going to be just and I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to show the same things that he shows to me to other people. I'm going to make sure that I am merciful. There are certain things that God prioritizes, attitudes and behaviors that have value above others. The Lord Jesus is merciful and he wants us to love mercy. If not, our priorities will be misaligned with those of Jesus. We will not be doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. Uh, And so that's why in Micah 6 and 8 we get the requirement. I'm going to read it one more time. He hath shown thee, O man. So we can never say that God never let us know what he required and what he wanted us to do or how he wanted us to act because he has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So when we understand the word mercy, 
uh, we realize we need to have a, a respect and a reverence for the word mercy. Mercy is one of those words that it kind of gets used just in passing. Have mercy. Mercy me. Oh, Lord, have mercy, you know, when something happens. And, and we, we use that very casually, but mercy is not a very not a, a casual word. If it wasn't for the mercy of the Lord, hello, mercy is a defining trait of the Lord. There are two verses that express this in Lamentations 3 and 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. What kept us from being consumed? His mercy. And then it says, goes on to say, they are new every morning. That means every day, like Jesus was saying, it starts over every day. Quit trying to measure it. Just know that every day you get up, extend mercy. Show mercy because you woke up because of mercy. You put your feet on the ground. You went to work or to school. Uh, whatever you did today, you did it because of his mercy. In second, or First Chronicles 16, 34 Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Mercy is not just some casual word to throw around. Mercy is your life. Your life is tied up in the mercy of God. His mercy is new every morning, and it has no shelf life. It endures forever. There is no expiration date on his mercy. It endures forever. Uh, Friend, our dwelling in eternity with him is his mercy. His mercy endures forever. And so I'm glad tonight that I have not only received mercy, but I hope that I have done my best to try and extend mercy. I want to love mercy. So mercy as an attribute, an attribute of God or man, it is an act of kindness or love that we show to somebody else. And again, it's not always somebody that we know or somebody that's close to us. Yeah, sure, you should be showing mercy to your family, to your brother, or I'm talking about your blood brother, your blood sister, you know, your parents, the grandparents. Yeah, you show mercy. I mean, if, you know, if your brother calls you up and says, hey, I got a flat tire, can you come out and get me? You'll jump in the car and go. That's an act of mercy. You're extending help. You're going to help them out. You'll do that. Or, but it ought to be that way. We were in Colorado. We pulled into a gas station. There was a little kid. looked like he'd never seen a spare tire before. Tire was blown out. And, man, we could tell. He had no idea what he was about to do. And, man, our whole van load of guys, I mean, seven people, like a pit crew over there changing the tire for, for this kid, you know. But he was, you could tell he was so glad because he didn't know what he was going to do. I mean, and so we got his, got him on his way. You know, that was uh, mercy. We just, uh, I think uh, Brother Thaniel was the first one and said, man, we need to see if this guy needs some help. You know, and, uh, and boy, he did. You could tell. He had never even seen a jack before. So uh, that we was, it was mercy, man. And it probably kept him alive because I don't know if he'd ever got that tire on. But, you know, it was good, you know, to think, man, we helped that kid and he got on his way. And, and that's what it is when, when you extend mercy, man, it, you know, what a sigh of relief that kid was breathing. Because you know he was like, I, maybe I will figure this out, or maybe I'll put it on there just good enough for me to die on the way home. You know, he, but instead, guys that had changed tires and done stuff like that, we got in there and fixed it for him. And, and he was so relieved. You could see it on his face. And he shook our hand, yeah, thank you so much. And, and just, hey, it felt good to know that now this kid's going to get home. And he's all right, and there he goes, and... And uh, he'll always remember the, the van load of guys that just happened to pull up and say, hey, you need some help with that? You never know what just uh, all of a sudden, hey, can I help you? Can I pray for you? What that does for somebody. You never know what seeing somebody, that just that look on their face. I, I watched my wife, and I'm, I'm trying to give just build people's testimonies, but I watched my wife. We were in an airport, and there was a lady across the aisle, and she was sitting by herself, and she was on the phone, and she was crying. And uh, I watched her get up and go sit down beside that lady and say, is there anything I can do for you? I didn't just jump right up. But, man, I, man I'm, I'm like, I don't know what people think, man. They might, hey, you ain't got no mask on. Don't come over here talking to me or something. I, you know, but there went my wife show, giving me an example, showing me what she was doing. And, and man, just mercy, showing mercy to somebody. And um, it, it doesn't hurt you to extend mercy. But boy, it hurts you if you withhold it. If you went ahead and read that 
a parable and finish that parable, you'd find out that the king got word of this guy's actions. And he went ahead and took him and put him where he said he was going, where he was headed originally. I was headed somewhere before I met the king, but after his mercy, he got me on a new path. I don't want to forget what the king has done and end up going back to where I was headed. Hello. I want to extend mercy to people. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew. I'm getting ready to, to, to wind up here. What Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 41. And to me, these scriptures show how we can extend mercy. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that ask thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard it said, it has been that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. But why would I do that, Lord? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Because the Lord loves his enemies. Hey, we was all enemies of the cross at one time. But he loved us and cared for us anyway. He was merciful to us before we ever even knew it. He loved us before we ever reciprocated it. The Bible says he, we love him because he first loved us. Before we ever turned around and started loving him, he already loved you. He said, but you do these things so you can be my children because I make the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. I send rain on the just and on the unjust. He said, for if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do so? He says, be ye therefore perfect or complete, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. God doesn't lack anything. And if we don't want to lack in that part of our life, then just be like Him. Love your enemies. Salute them that don't love you. Speak to people that you don't know. Show mercy to people you've never seen before. You know, just do that. Show that mercy. Love, loving mercy and acting with mercy is not an accident. It's an intentional action. You make a choice to do it each time you meet somebody. You know, you remember in school when they would say this person was voted most likely to whatever. I, I would love if there was a category like that today that I would be voted the, the person most likely to leave you feeling better. That's what I'd want. If, if somebody walks away from me talking to me, I hope that they walk away saying, I feel a lot better just from that conversation, from that pat on the back, from whatever he did, because I want to show mercy. And mercy always will make you feel better. It'll help you out. It'll, it'll, it'll make you better. You know, the first church, that was, uh, most historians agree that the reason that the church rose so quickly was because of their love and compassion for one another. Even in the scriptures you read that uh, they took, they sold houses, sold land, took possessions and laid it at the apostles' feet so they could distribute so people who didn't have much wouldn't be lacking. They wanted everybody uh, to have something, nobody to do without. When they would get, they, they lived longer lives because when something would happen, they'd get sick, their brothers and sisters would take care of them or give them what they needed. And you, when you study the history of the rise of the Christian church, you'll see even the pagan rulers in Rome and different places would comment that these Christians, and you know what, they, what word they called Christians? Atheist. Because they didn't believe in their gods. So they called Christians atheist. And they said, we're being showed up by these atheists because not only do they show love and compassion to their own, but they do to us as well they're, they're, they're outdoing us in this field is what they're saying so they were teaching all their pagan uh, worshipers to say hey, we need to start being good to each other because they're showing us up because when we get sick 
they help us. And they're atheists. <laughs> Funny stuff. Yeah, right. So, but isn't it something that they could have such mercy that it would make that kind of impact on a world? What if we had the same kind of, Jesus said, the way they'll know you're my disciples is when you have love one toward another. That's how people will recognize you. Well, that love has got mercy tied right to it because you're supposed to love mercy. Let's stand together tonight. So as we head toward next week, we'll have one more portion of this scripture to get into. I'm looking forward to it. But now we see we need to do justly and love mercy. Those are two things God requires of us. I want to work on that. How about you? Let's find a place in the altar for a few moments to pray and just ask God to help us with this mercy and grace. Help us to be more merciful, to be more like Him. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name.
Come on, lift your hands. The mercy of the Lord's fallen in this house right now. Go ahead and get a blessing from the Lord in this sanctuary. Shout to the Lord for his mercy and grace. What a wonderful presence. What a wonderful touch from the Lord in this house tonight. Sunday, the Lord willing, I know we, we were so thankful to baptize one last Sunday. Uh, Sister Danielle Laney, so thankful for that. Uh, this Sunday, if, you've, if you have admired all the great woodwork around that big door there and some different places, the fellow that did that, his name is Wayne, and he is, uh, he had uh, Brother Frank call me and let me know he wants to be baptized on Sunday, and we've been, we've been, Frank's been talking to him for years about doing this, and, and then he finally kind of let off, and he, the guy called him up and said, hey, uh, he just, he really needs the Lord in his life in a bad way, and I'm, we're, we're going to see the the mercy of the Lord extended this weekend. I'm going to see some great things. And uh, I know at least one other person that should be here in service that really needs God to move in some situations in their life. And uh, so we, we've got a lot to be looking forward to this week, weekend. There's nothing like watching God put the pieces back together for somebody. I love it. I love to see the mercy of God in action. So let's be praying for the services this weekend. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not this weekend? We'll Invite somebody to the church, talk to your friends, neighbors, kids, whatever, if they need to be baptized. Why not now? Let's do it. There's no sense in putting it off. There's water here. Nothing hindering us. Let's get baptized and let's get ready to serve the Lord and see him do something great. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. All of our visitors, let's give them a hand tonight. We're glad you're with us. Appreciate you being in the house of the Lord with us tonight. And we look forward to seeing you again real soon. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.